This is News Talk 980 CKNW. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo in studio today. I've got my great hosts or co-hosts, Graham Williams and Christina Stoyanova. We have so much to talk about on today's program. Lots of apps, of course. Big news in the Apple world. Some uh, major announcements with uh, new products, watches, TV boxes, phones. We'll get into that shortly. Of course, we'll have uh, Android tips as well for all the Android folks uh, out there. Hot five this week, cooking apps. And uh, we will also be uh, telling you what's streaming uh, on places like Netflix, Crave, and Amazon. So, guys, let's just get right into it. Big announcement this week with uh, Apple uh, new iPhones. Uh, They skipped the 7S and 7S Plus and went straight to 8. Yeah, I mean, the iPhone 8 looks absolutely fantastic, in my opinion. They've gone back to a glass backing, which, I mean, for me, doesn't matter at all because I've had a case on every single iPhone that I've had since the iPhone 4. But the nice thing about that is that it's great for battery life because the antennas don't need as much power to push through that metal backing anymore. Very cool look and very cool design. Kind of the same shape uh, and overall form factor as its predecessors, the 7 and the 6 series, Uh, of course, now with the glass back. Uh, But the wireless charging is very new for Apple, and I think a lot of people have been waiting for this. Yeah, I mean, this is pronounced Qi, Qi charging, and this is something that's actually been an industry standard. So you can actually find these chargers built into furniture at places like Ikea. So this has actually been around for a while. It's just the first time that Apple has implemented it, and it's going to be fairly neat because the watch supports it. The phone supports it, and now if you've got AirPods, I mean, I've got AirPods, you can actually buy a new charging case, and the charging case will support it. So they've really gone all in on wireless charging at this point. But now you're going to need power mats to charge these things. I mean, I I believe you can still plug it in through the lightning connector, but uh, obviously you want the convenience of just lying it down on a mat, and you have to have a specific mat for that. Yeah, and this is something that's actually coming next year uh, in the way of an enhanced mat. So basically you can use any Qi charging mat out there right now. You put one device down on it and it will work. But Apple's got something called AirPower, which you'll be able to charge multiple different devices on the same mat. And the cool thing about this is they're actually submitting this back to the uh, Qi charging standards body to get that uh, shared out for everybody. So if you have an Android phone and an iPhone in your house, they'll both be able to use the same air power mat, which I think is a really cool thing for Apple to do, to go back to that standards body and say, hey, here's this stuff so everybody can use it. I find this interesting because uh, Apple's whole world has been predicated on having a unique connector. Uh, It was the 30-pin connector before that was proprietary to Apple. Now it's the lightning connector. How do you think this is going to affect their overall accessory sales? I mean, I think it's actually going to be good because at this point they're going to make, I mean, Apple makes, in my opinion, some of the best accessories on the market. You know, AirPods are some of the best headphones out there. If they do have a great charging mat, it's going to be something that a lot of people are going to want to use. The Apple faithful are typically always going to lean towards that stuff. So in multi-user households, you'll still see it there. But I mean, Apple's also been about growing the ecosystem for everyone, right? I mean, they, they supplied the made for uh, iPhone program out there for people to make accessories. So while this may see some of their own internal accessory volume go down, I think it's going to mean more options for everybody else on the market. I see it as nothing but a good thing. Interesting looking at the 8 Plus. It's got the dual cameras. Uh, they've got the optical image stabilization. I couldn't catch if that had it uh, on both of the cameras or just one of them still. So both of them are image stabilized. And I know, Christina, you and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, the big feature here is the dual lens on the 8 Plus, but not on the 8. Yes, which is really disappointing. So for the ladies out there, you have smaller hands. You cannot one-handed text on the Plus, which is the problem I have. So I need the smaller form factor, but I want those awesome dual camera features. I mean, I've got big man mitts and I still have trouble uh, (laughs) trying to text one-handed with that 7 Plus right now. So, I mean, I would would have loved the dual camera on there, but 
no go for the uh, the eight this time around. Just the A plus. Well, let's just keep talking about the camera. They have uh, a new lighting feature in there for uh, for taking pictures. Yeah, so this is actually uh, something that's kind of cool. Essentially, what they've done, and this is this is for the dual lens version, so the, the A plus one. Um, but what it does do is it actually maps your face uh, when you're in the portrait mode, and you can choose the different lighting modes, and it will apply a contour and lighting feature, basically giving you a more professional appearance. If you take a look at this during the keynote, it's absolutely stunning the difference. I mean, I love taking portraits with my dual camera, so this just takes it to the next level. Yeah, I'm interested to see that. And again, uh, it's unfortunate they didn't uh, put it down into the uh, the smaller version. Uh, what phone are you rocking right now, Christina? I am on the 6S right now. Oh my God, there's, you're so old. I, I know, I am. <laughs> but you know what? I love the size of it. And uh, like I said, I'm just disappointed to see that the that the smaller phone's not getting those amazing features. Okay, so let's uh, jump up to the, uh, the 10. Uh, they skipped nine. Went to 10, uh, obviously an homage to uh, the fact that it's the 10th anniversary of the first iPhone being released back in 2007. Uh, that has a better form factor, Graham. It's, uh, it's got a giant screen. It's all screen. Uh, there's really no bezel. Uh, they've done away with the home button. But the size, although you've got a larger screen, 5.8 inches, I believe that's larger than the 8 plus screen. Uh, the form factor is about the same size as the 8. Yeah, so this actually, I think, Christine, is probably the, the right answer for you. You're going to get the bigger screen, but you're also going to get the dual camera and something that should hopefully fit into your hands. Yes. Also a large credit card bill. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The price of this thing, I'm shocked. I was floored. 1300 bucks Canadian out of the, out of the gate. But it's and, beautiful. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. But my concern with this bezel-less movement is that I b- drop my phone on a regular basis. <laughs> and so not having a bezel to protect that delicate little screen really freaks me out. Yeah, but it, it's uh, it's not like some of the curved phones like Samsung had come out with, like where the screen kind of wraps around. Uh, there's actually an aluminum bumper from what I understand. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I'm looking at my phone right now. I've got one of these Apple leather cases on it and the screen kind of does feel like it goes to edge to edge with that on it. So if Apple does come out with a nice case and if they don't, I'm sure Otterbox or somebody else will, that you'll be able to get something that's nice and grippy that still supports that nice edge to edge feature that they've got. So let's talk about lack of a home button. Uh we all use it, uh, no matter what kind of phone we have, like multiple times uh, a day, hundreds of times a day to get to the home screen and other different functionality. It's gone. Uh, you don't use your fingerprint anymore to unlock the phone. They didn't put a fingerprint scanner on the back of the phone like a lot of Android phones do. They are relying totally on a complete new camera system or a sensor system on the top of the phone that does Face ID. Yeah, I mean, so here's something. I've actually been using the iPad iOS 11 beta for the last few months. And I can tell you this. There's a learning curve because they actually support some great new gestures of that are, that are in the uh, iPhone 10 sort of format of swiping up from the bottom. It supports that in the iPad version. And while there's a learning curve, I started to get it. It took about three weeks, but it actually starts to feel really, really natural. I, I, I like this feature. So once the phone unlocks itself with your face, we'll get more into that in a moment, (laughs) um, you have to swipe up from the bottom uh, if you want to get to the home screen now. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a sort of a gesture that we've got used to with the control center, and it, it, it does feel... To get f- to the flashlight, for yeah, example. Yeah, exactly. The flashlight, the camera, that How kind of How do I get thing. to the flashlight now? Uh, it's actually a button right on the front now. Okay. Yeah, so there's the, there's the camera right button on the, on the one side, the flashlight button on the other, because I think they find those are the two things that people use the most. The uh, third one being the tip calculator, because nobody else can do you know 15 to 12% in their head anymore, so... But, uh, okay, so it's using something called Face ID. It's got all these new cameras and sensors on the front. 
what about like Christina's face? Is, is it going to have problems <laughs> with that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, uh, it seems... It depends on her? my mood of the day. <laughs> yeah, have you seen her face? It's very expressive. <laughs> if you're cranky, it won't unlock until you have, you've had a moment. It's like, okay, you need to calm down before you use me. Have a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so in the past, uh, there's been devices, uh, even Windows has this feature in Windows 10 where you can unlock uh, the device or computer with your face, but a lot of people could fool it using a picture. Yeah, and so what they've done here is they're actually doing 3D mapping using an infrared blast that blasts onto your face that basically they're looking at you from a bunch of different angles when you log in for the very first time with it, and they kind of create this facial mesh or facial map, and apparently that, with the depth that's supplied by that, means that you won't be able to fake it. What they did say, though, is if you do have someone like an identical twin out there, it might be far more likely that they'll be able to get in, but they're saying that uh, you know it's 1 in 50,000 with Touch ID, would be able to unlock your phone one in one million with Face ID. So, so apparently, this is more secure. So when when they're when they're doing the demo, that the only thing I could think of the whole the whole time was, what if you're a twin or a triplet, like an identical, like your your identical twin would be able to unlock the phone. But they they kind of joked their way out of that. Yes, I mean they used a, a picture of Spock from Mirror Mirror, the episode of Star Trek from like what 67, 68, saying if you have an evil twin, they could be able to do this. So I think the thing there is to ensure that if you are a twin, make sure you're the evil one. That's the solution, <laughs> right? Am I wrong here? We're talking all about the uh, latest Apple announcements this uh, week. We will uh, chat about the uh, the new Apple TV as well. It's got some really kind of cool things going on with it. But before that, uh, let's uh, learn something about your iPhone. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. So this week's iPhone tip of the week is some advice to help you decide whether to restore from a backup or to do a fresh install of iOS 11 this coming Tuesday. So when the time comes to upgrade your operating system to a new iOS, you've got two choices. You can either install in place or you can set up as a new iPhone. So when you install in place, your phone simply replaces the operating system. It preserves all of your information, including your messages, your health data, and any app data that isn't stored in the cloud. But if you decide to wipe your phone, you'll end up with a clean install, which feels usually nice and clean and fast, where you can restore most of your stuff from iCloud. But you're going to be missing some of those things. So if you do set up as a new phone, you won't bring over your messages, your health data, or your photos that have not been synced to, to PhotoStream and your Apple Watch backups. So what we're suggesting here is after you've upgraded to iOS 11 with an install in place, you'll find that this is actually a new feature of iOS 11. It will back up your health data and it will back up your messages. So if you're interested in doing a clean install, first upgrade to iOS 11 in place, back up to iCloud, and then do your clean install. That will let you keep that data. So this week when you're upgrading to iOS 11, think about doing an upgrade in place before doing a clean install. And that is our iPhone tip of the week. Thanks, Graham. When we come back, we'll be talking more about uh, some of the Apple announcements, including the Apple TV. Got uh, some new features in that. Should you upgrade? We'll give you the lowdown. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike Eggerbo here in studio today. We've got Christina and Graham with me as well. Still lots to talk about. Crazy and travel apps of the week later on. What's streaming on Netflix, Amazon, and Crave. And our weekly Hot 5. This week, it's cooking apps. Right now, we're talking about the uh, the big Apple announcement uh, this week. We talked about some of the new phones. Apple TV got a refresh uh, as well. Graham, tell us about it. It is the Apple TV refresh that I've been waiting for for over a year. Finally, we have Apple TV in 4K. This is huge. So who, who should care about this? Uh, if you have a 4K television, um, anything that's released in, in the last couple of years, you're going to be impressed. And anything that's been released in sort of the last two years, you're going to be even more impressed because if you, if you have 
high dynamic range or HDR, this is going to be even more impressive. So there are two things that you've got here. One is the 4K resolution, which is uh, a much higher resolution than HD. So uh, it gives you a much crisper picture. It's, it's quite beautiful. And, uh, and then we've got HDR, which in my opinion is actually an even bigger upgrade than, uh, than 4K. So HDR is high dynamic range, and it gives you more color detail in bright areas and in shadowed areas. So previously on your television, if you had something that was a little bit overexposed, it would be white, it would be blown out, you wouldn't see anything there. Or if it was too deep in shadow, you wouldn't see anything there. HDR gives you color detail in those spaces, and it looks absolutely stunning. Yeah, you really have to see it to believe it. So obviously important you have a TV that supports this. Uh, Apple is going to be releasing a lot of content uh, that you can rent and buy on iTunes uh, in this new format. You can, yeah. And they've actually started to, I mean, as of next week, they'll be releasing uh, video content, some movies and television shows in 4K. But the very best thing out of this announcement was that 4K video will be the same price as HD. This is a huge coup for consumers because up until this point, HD video has been, uh, sorry, pardon me, 4K video has been almost twice the price. This is This is absolutely magical for me. <laughs> but uh, again, uh, it does support many different apps. Uh, developers can make apps for the uh, Apple TV. Obviously, the old ones are going to work on this new one. Uh, but uh, if you've got things like Netflix and YouTube, they're already starting to throw out a lot of 4K content onto their apps. That, that's right, yeah. So I've had 4K Netflix for a while through my Vizio television, and that's been great. And Amazon has an app on there as well, which it's really funny because I had to set my TV up as an American TV in order to download the app to use my Canadian Amazon account to get 4K, but it eventually did it. So this year we're going to be going straight Apple TV in my household and using the 4K apps there. I look at some of the other competitors out there in this space. There's Roku, there is uh, the Chromecast from Google. Or is Apple a little late to the game or do they already have their built-in fan base and it doesn't matter? I think they've already got their built-in fan base. If you're in the Apple ecosystem, you're probably an Apple TV person. Sure, you could use a Chromecast and you know that, that would be fine. And Chromecast, the great thing about it is that it's inexpensive. Same thing with Roku. You can get a 4K player for almost half the price of the Apple TV. But, so, so why should people spend more money on an Apple TV? Well, again, if you've been in, the, been in that Apple ecosystem, I've got a ton of video that I've, uh, that I've purchased in the past that's all HD. Now, this is actually another one of the kickers. They're upgrading all of my HD stuff. If there is a 4K version, they're upgrading it to 4K for free. So it's another great way to keep me personally in that Apple ecosystem. So if you're an iPhone user or a Mac user or an iPad user, chances are you're going to love having an Apple TV instead of one of these other devices. Quickly talk about the Apple Watch Series 3. They announced a new Apple Watch. Looks the same as the Series 1 and 2 that's been out for a few years now. Uh, Save for the red dot. Except for the red dot on the uh, <laughs> the crown. Uh, this one's got built-in LTE or cellular capability. Yeah, and I mean, this is, a, this is a feature that I've been looking for for a while. I know that in the past when I go running, I take my AirPods, I sync it up with my Apple Watch, and essentially I go running that way. Uh, but I've always wanted to, you know, stream off my Apple Music. And the problem is you can't do that unless you pack your phone with you. And I've got an iPhone 7 Plus. So now I'm carrying around this large ch uh, chunk of metal and glass when I'm running, which is not something I want to do. So that LTE um, addition is great. My problem is I'm currently on Rogers, which there is currently no roadmap for the LTE Apple Watch on Rogers. I, I, I don't know what to do here. Fear not. I'm sure they're going to figure this out really <laughs> quick. Well, I don't know. Like, what's the incentive for them? Bell is going to be the first uh, Canadian provider supporting this. They've got a $5 a month uh, additional uh, add-on. Uh, they call it number sharing because the phone will share the same phone number uh, or the watch will share the same phone number uh, as your uh, phone. But uh, TELUS has said they will be supporting it, but the other guys like Rogers and Freedom Mobile 
haven't heard a peep yet. Yeah, and I'm really disappointed about that because, I mean, I've got this beautiful share everything plan that's got tablets and phones and whatnot on it. And I was expecting, hopefully, to buy this new watch, spend five bucks a month, which I think is a really reasonable price, and get that done. But I'm kind of left in the lurch here. There's no Apple Watch in my near future until such time as Roger supports it. I know. I'm kind of excited about this. Uh, Christina, you have an Apple Watch. Do you care about cellular capability? Oh, I would love that. It there's nothing that frustrates me more than when I move out of range of my phone with my watch and everything just shuts down. You are a big geek. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, when you have this watch on your wrist and you're, you have it on you all day, it's frustrating when the moment that you need it, you can't use it because you realize, you know, you've walked too far away from your phone. So I, I think this will be a big step for the Apple watch and it will make it much more useful. I know all the Android people have been listening to all this Apple stuff and they're thinking, blah, 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 new Apple stuff. We've had a lot of this uh, for years now, <laughs> like the wireless charging and cellular in our smartwatches. Well, we're going to switch gears here now. We're going to give you an Android uh, tip of the week. Android tip of the week. Make the most of your Android smartphone. On the line, we've got Rose Bahar from Mobile Syrup, a great website for all your mobile news and smartphone reviews. This week, Chrome Data Saver. Tell us about it, Rose. So Chrome Data Saver for Android compresses the data that you're going to get on your browser, on your phone, before it's downloaded onto your device. That's saving you data and actually saving you money because of that. It also simplifies uh, pages on a slow connection, so it also makes things work faster. It's really ideal. You're both Uh, saving yourself data usage, and you're also making things work faster when you're browsing. So it's quite ideal. Uh, To turn it on, you can tap more in the Chrome app, uh, which are those three dots, then head to settings, advanced, data saver, and switch it on. That was Rose Bahar from Mobile Syrup with your Android tip. When we come back from the break, lots more to talk about here on the App Show. We're going to be doing the Hot 5 this week. It's cooking apps. We'll also be... uh, Checking out what's streaming this week as well on Netflix and Amazon. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. We still have a lot to talk about on today's program, including the streaming shows on Netflix and Crave. We'll also be talking crazy and travel apps as well. But uh, now it's uh, one of my favorite segments. The Weekly App Hot 5. This week, Christina, what do we got? We have the Hot 5 cooking apps. So last week we talked recipes. This week we are looking at some tools to help you in the kitchen. To actually make the good stuff. Exactly. Okay, so we're talking Hot 5 cooking apps. We'll start with number 5, Christina. Number 5 is the Paprika Recipe Manager. So this one lets you store all your recipes, including ones that you might have floating around on those little recipe cards or in books. It also has Cloud Sync, making it easy for you to share your recipes with all your devices. Very cool. What do we got at number 4? At number 4, we have... Any list. Now, this is iPhone only, but it is my favorite grocery shopping app. I put all of um, my list items on there and it categorizes them into things like produce and uh, whatever. It So it knows. So you just put in like carrots, uh, exactly. flour, paprika, uh, whatever. It, it just automatically does it? It automatically categorizes things for you. Very nice. What do we got at number three? 
At number three, we have a mount unit and currency converter. Now this is an iPhone only as well, and it will cost you $1.39, but it's a great little tool if you get confused with recipes that aren't cons consistent with ounces, cups, milliliters, things like that. You can convert all of this. This is actually pretty good because I'm always messing around with that and I'm going like to my my computer or tablet and going online on Google trying to figure out. So that has it all in one. That's right. It's uh, it's a unit and currency converter for everything. So not only in the kitchen, it's going to help you out daily. We're talking about the Hot 5. Hot 5 cooking apps this week. We're down to number two. Number two is Sous Chef. Kitchen timer, calculator, and conversion. This is... Uh, an app that has five configurable timers so you can actually have five meals on the go at once and at different times and it also has a chart of popular conversions so a little bit more manual on this one but uh, it's it's an option for sure and hot five cooking apps are up to number one what is it this one is one of my favorites. It's called Grill Time, so I am hopeless on the barbecue. I always screw it up and overcook things. This one will actually set timers for different doneness, like you can have you know, three different steaks going at different doneness, and it will prompt you when you need to flip them and take them off the grill. There's everything in there from steak to veggies to chicken to fish, whatever your little heart desires to grill. So this is like the ultimate barbecue app. Yes, for me it is. If you are as <laughs> challenged as I am with the barbecue, this is for you. What about people with different types of barbecues and different intensities as far as the heat? Yeah, so it does actually tell you what heat level you should be grilling each of these items at. Hopefully your grill has one of those built-in temperature gauges like mine does. So we're all coming over for steak. Christina's sure, place. come on over to my tiny apartment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Graham in on that action as well. So lots more to talk about on today's program, including what's streaming. But uh, right now I wanted to uh, focus uh, in on and highlight a, a local devel dev uh, developer that's actually come up with a really cool messaging app. In studio right now, I've uh, got a local Vancouver guest. His name is Matthew Siegel talking about a, uh, a new messaging app called Lipsy. Thanks for joining us, uh, Matthew. Of course, thank you. Messaging, there are so many messaging apps out there now, like there's WhatsApp, there's uh, Facebook Messenger. What makes Lipsy different? That's a great question. So with, you know, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, all these dating apps, uh, well, I think I've kind of spoiled it right there. I feel like every app out there today is a dating app. Um, we actually see dating as just one of uh, many aspects of Lipsy. Uh, we basically brand this as a fun app, an app that facilitates unlikely interactions, whether it be between you and someone you like, or you wanting to provide anonymous feedback, or even you wanting to just mess around with a very good friend of yours. And is this on uh, mobile? It is. Uh, we've released on iOS and on Android. Give me the history of it. Like, how did you start out? You seem uh, much younger than I am. Maybe not that much younger, but <laughs> a little bit. Of course. So I'm, uh, I'm 23 years old. I actually just graduated from uh, Yale where I was on the varsity rowing team. And uh, this basically started my sophomore year, year in, uh, in college. Um, I was, uh, you know, let's just say it's, it's not the easiest thing to go up to a girl you like sometimes. But uh, 
as I said, you know, it's it's uh, just one of many use cases of the app. And uh, since my sophomore year, uh, I've worked with uh, a number of developers, some at Yale. I've even outsourced to India. Uh, things didn't exactly go as uh, as planned. So I basically started. How, how, how hard is it to manage all these developers? Like you said, you had some, you're working with kind of in a local basis uh, here in North America, but over in India. Is that hard to manage all of them at the same time? Uh, it definitely is. So not only with the time differences working from, uh, New Haven, uh, and, you know, with the time, uh, change with, uh, with India, um, but also just with, uh, you know, rowing and the course load. So, uh, aside from the time change, it's just, you know, being a student, uh, that in itself was, was, uh, definitely a, a big hurdle. And so you said, uh, then you came to Vancouver and you started all over again. Exactly. So basically working with, uh, with people overseas, whether it be on the East coast or in India is definitely, uh, not ideal. Uh, it's always nice to to actually see the whites of of the people's eyes with whom you're working. Yeah. Um, so I uh, went to a whole bunch of networking events, Vancouver Startup Week, LinkedIn referrals, uh, and uh, basically started from uh, from ground zero right when I graduated. And I guess the rest is history. So small team right now, team of five, three developers. Uh, and uh, actually, my my buddy Alborz Massa, who's um, head of uh, growth and marketing. Um, who's really been uh, a huge help in terms of uh, getting the app off uh, to its legs. What's it like finding talent uh, locally here uh, as far as developers? I think the first thing that comes to mind is definitely just the competition uh, that one has when looking at markets in uh, in San Francisco. Uh, you look at uh, wages and, you know, like the standard of living, um, the lather is, is probably on par. But just in terms of salary, there's there's always that really bright developer you want who's thinking about moving. So I guess the um, the key is really finding these people early, investing in them, making them happy. Uh, I think the worst thing you can do is really just have a, a terrible relationship with uh, with your employees. You just want to make everyone feel like, you know, you, you really care about them, which is the case. Uh, and with that, uh, that attitude, I just feel like we got a great team. We talk every day. We're on Slack. Uh, we go for dinner. So just really great team atmosphere. That's really the key. Talking with Matthew Siegel, uh, from Lipsy, uh, a messenger-based uh, chat app uh, aimed at uh, people typically, I, I guess, uh, 15 to 25 uh, years old. Uh, and so they actually have to, if you want to use it uh, and talk to other people, other people have to have the Lipsy app uh, as well. Of course. So that's uh, largely just a security concern. If you're not the type who welcomes these sorts of spontaneous interactions, uh, then you know you wouldn't be on a platform like Lipsy. So um, if that is uh, your cup of tea, you'd be on Lipsy. How do you market this? Uh, I mean, it's one thing to develop an app, but you know, as we know, you look at the Apple App Store and Google Play Store for Android, there's millions of apps now. Like, how do you get the word out? Oh, of course. I mean, there are literally hundreds of new apps being developed uh, each month. So the key for us is really, uh, as you said, the marketing. So how do we do that? It's with, you know, Canvas ambassadors, with brand ambassadors, uh, local and more global influencers. Uh, it's with uh, throwing parties, uh, partnering with some of the top frats like uh, Sigma Chi at UBC, who've really uh, done us a, a, a huge favor, um, super influential people on campus. And uh, most recently, um, I actually flew out to the East Coast, hosted an open bar for all of Yale University. You show up at the door, if you have the app and you're of age, you know, open bar, underage, free admission. So that was really our um, our kickstarting campaign, which really 
um, got Lipsy uh, off the ground, and uh, it's been kind of a local hit just around here in Vancouver. What's the future? Uh, the future, well, you know, we're taking it one step at a time. We're, uh, we're always looking ahead, uh, but we don't want to start dreaming. You know, we have, we have high hopes, but, uh, you know, first is, you know, hitting 10,000, then, you know, maybe double that. Uh, but, you know, everyone has aspirations to, you know, grow something into the, the next big thing. Uh, we're just trying to make a name for ourselves uh, locally and then hopefully one day globally. For yourself, uh, you're 23 years old. You've got your own app already. Is this like a field you want to go down uh, into app development or is just uh, one one uh, of many paths? It definitely is. I actually thought I'd be going into investment banking uh, starting my junior year. Uh, then I realized that my heart actually wasn't uh, in it. It was a little bit of a, a blow Um I don't know to my parents, but definitely to myself, considering I had a contract literally right in front of me. But, uh, you know, uh, you parents know, are money, saying sign, sign. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, like money really only goes so far. And my parents have been extremely supportive. Uh, my dad's always told me to follow my passion. And for now, this is uh, where it lies. So let's start with one app and let's see uh, maybe if another one rolls by soon. I, I didn't realize this. I, I should have known. Uh, but uh, you, your, your family actually has a history here in, in Vancouver. Uh, yes. So whether it be in uh, business or, you know, just real estate generally or philanthropy, um, I've learned a great deal just in terms, you know, how to how to be with people, how to manage people. Uh, and I feel like that's really been the foundation of, of uh, creating a really solid Lipsy team. And as I said before, you know, you really got to make people feel like you care about them. And at the end of the day, you know, money only goes so far. It's really, you know, uh, having people who are really... Um, uh, mentally invested and who care about the product. That's really the key. And I've learned a great deal of that from uh, my dad, uh, who, as I said before, is, is very involved in, in philanthropy. So I've, I'm definitely learning a, a great deal uh, about him. I don't think I've told him that, though. A great story from uh, a local uh, Vancouver man. We're talking with Matthew Siegel uh, about Lipsy, a new messaging app uh, for the, the younger crowds, uh, the 15 to 25 in high school uh, and universities. Uh, they can get it on uh, the Apple App Store and, I guess, Google Play. That is correct. When we come back from the break, what's streaming this week on Netflix and Crave and, of course, the crazy app? Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Still lots more to talk about on today's program, including uh, Crazy App of the Week and, of course, Travel App. Right now, let's uh, head over to Graham and check out uh, the streaming app that he's got uh, on board. This week's streaming app of the week is Streamtime from StreamtimeApp.tv. Available for iOS and coming soon for Android, Streamtime brings a whole range of streaming services together in one app, letting you follow people instead of accounts. You can find your favorite streamers when they're going live, no matter which service they're using. You'll get one notification on the Streamtime app, and if you do miss a stream, you can watch it later after the fact. Streamtime lets you interact with other users through comments and stream likes, and you can share any stream with friends or family with just three taps. So that's this week's streaming app of the week. Stream time. Thanks, Graham. Well, you know what time it is now. It's time for all the Netflix and Amazon goodies that are out there. Streaming this week. A little bit light uh, on uh, this week here, but uh, we'll start uh, with our uh, good friends over at uh, Netflix. They've uh, got uh, an oldie but uh, a goodie. Throughout history, men have formed secret societies based on one rule. No girls allowed. Now, one such institution... Where he is in serious jeopardy. You are so beautiful. Ooh. No! Universal Pictures presents... I'm gonna put that fool 
more of his misery. Well, that uh, is one of my favorite family movies uh, based on the TV series uh, from way back when. It's The Little Rascals, uh, made back in 1994. Uh, a great uh, movie to watch with the kids on Netflix. Also on Netflix, uh, they've uh, got uh, a great uh, CBC show, Dragon's Den Season 11. My biggest problem with this whole thing is the valuation. I'd have to have more of the company, and I don't want to do that because I think you've worked hard enough to, to get that. So for that reason, I'm out. Okay. Gentlemen, you haven't blown me away here. And it's scary when your biggest sales year is your first year, and then it's on the trend in the negative direction. I love watching The Dragon's Den, a great series premise based on uh, the UK Dragon's Den. Uh, the CBC has been doing a fantastic job for many seasons now. Now you can watch the entire season 11 over on uh, Netflix. Heading over to Crave TV now, we've got Orphan Black season 5. Hello? Who's that? Whoever the man behind the curtain is, he's put Rachel in charge. It's a new day, Sarah. Fantastic uh, series uh, about a, I guess, uh, a multiple clone female making her way in the world. If you haven't checked it out, it is fantastic. A great uh, sci-fi series, but just great story overall and fantastic uh, acting uh, as well. Now it's time to uh, check out Crazy App of the Week. This week's Crazy App is Run P. <laughs> it's Kind of sounds like uh, what it does for you. If you're a big movie buff uh, and you go to theaters to watch movies, sometimes if you drink too much of those uh, huge pops, you have to go to the bathroom. When is the best time during the movie? Well, this app solves it for you. You can basically uh, tell it uh, what movie you're in and uh, start uh, the actual app uh, timer and it'll actually send you vibrations uh, through your smartphone to let you know when the best time to go P is, uh, you know, when the action dies down or maybe there's a, a lull in the movie, it will let you know so that you can go to the bathroom in peace with knowing that you're not going to be missing much of the movie. Again, the Run P app uh, is available for iPhones and Android phones, so it's got pretty well everyone covered. Again, Run P, crazy app of the week. When we come back from the break, it's travel app of the week time with Christina. You're back with the app show. Still a little bit of time left for Travel App of the Week with Christina. What do you got for us? I have an app to help you let friends and family know where you are, which comes in really handy when you're traveling and you don't really know where you are. Well, this is, uh, I think, an important thing because there's so much going on in the world today. We've seen the uh, the recent uh, attacks in some of these cities, uh, even uh, recently in London with the uh, subway attack. So uh, I think it would be important uh, for anyone traveling to have something like this. Yes, that's right. It's called Glimpse share GPS location with friends and family. And Glimpse is spelled with a Y. Um, but it is available on both Android and iPhone. And it allows you to send your location to your friends and family um, via the Glimpse app. It uses GPS tracking. And it also calculates how long it will take you to get to a designated meeting spot. So say you're meeting someone for lunch, um, but you don't really understand the way the city works and how long it'll take you to get there, this will actually calculate it for you and let that person know. And you can actually even specify your mode of transportation. So whether you're walking, cycling, taking transit, etc. An excellent safety app for family members. 
That's right. Great safety app, uh, especially if you have kids that you're traveling with and you don't want to lose track of them. Uh, very important. Thank you, Christina. That's all the time we have left. I want to thank, uh, obviously, Christina and Graham, my co-hosts and producers of the show, for helping put the app show together. Please visit our website, theappshowradio.com. We've uh, got uh, a great page going there where you can interact with us and give us your ideas for apps. We'll see you again next time. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.